All right. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Central Show. As you now know, I am Jesse. I am your resident football expert, former USC football staffer, worked with offense, running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, you name it, learned the air raid, uh, worked with some fantastic coaches in the NFL level. Micah, needs no introduction, our fantasy expert, the Fantasy Central one, the man you come for help when when you need to win your fantasy leagues. And we have a guest with us today, Keith Schneider, a former co-worker of mine over at USC Football. The man is a defensive specialist. He has worked with all of the different defensive positions at the collegiate level. In addition, he is a professional baseball scout, having scouted the Cape Cod League. Keith, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, this is about to be fun. We got we got a lot to discuss today. Today, today we're talking about breakouts and bull predictions. The season's like a week away, so I figured you know now's the time to throw out those predictions and see what happens. Yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting to the finish line, people. This is the time where this is we're going to see more drafts in this next week than we've seen in the rest of the year combined. So this is the really the time to start to to brush up on your on your fantasy studies and and get ready to go. So with that in mind. Let's jump right into it, guys. So some, some quick hits around the league. We're going to talk about some of the, the news that, that's, that's uh, been circulating as of late. We're going to start with Dak Prescott being a full go for week one. That's obviously good news for Dak. That's good news for the Cowboys. Michael, what, what does that mean for Dak's fantasy value and maybe some of the uh, Cowboys' notable pass catchers and weapons? It gives people to be more optimistic. It gives reason people to reason for people to be more optimistic about his outlook. But I'm not really, you know, he. I think the shoulder is still going to, you know, hurt him later on in the season. So I'm not too optimistic about him as the season progresses. But for now, people are like, okay, yeah, he'll be good. But I'm not, you know, my outlook has on him hasn't changed much. I'm still. All right. So Keith, Mike, and I did our quarterback tiers last week, but we don't know where where Dak ranks for you. So uh, what what uh where where does he land in your quarterback rankings? Yeah. So he's probably my in my tier two. Um, I'm a little higher than I think Micah may be on him, but um, I view him in that Kyler Murray, um, you know, Dak Prescott, obviously Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and Rodgers, kind of those guys. Um, I think obviously still the shoulder is something to manage and keep an eye on. But um, on the contrary, if you're not high on guys like uh, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, um, Dak being back and being ready for week one, will push those guys higher up in the draft and allow you to uh, take advantage of that in your draft and maybe wait on a different guy. You know, uh, Robert Woods, uh, Mike Davis, Chris Godwin. Uh, if you don't like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, wide receivers or you think they're going too high, you can, uh, with this news, you can uh, definitely take advantage of it. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the guy. He was the uh, leader in, in fantasy points per week when he was healthy last year. And then obviously, you know, his season took a turn for the worse, but – it's something to keep in mind. If, if Dak is going to be back, if he's going to be a full go, then we're talking about a guy who has potential to finish not just as a top quarterback, but the top quarterback. So it does give people a little bit more optimism than they had before, knowing that he is going week one, not only that he's going, but that he's a full go. It's, it, it's encouraging language, put it that way, because we, we knew he was likely to start week one. That's why they held him out of the preseason. But calling him a full go does make you sound make you a little bit more optimistic about his outlook going into the week. Uh, so the next thing that we have, the Raiders have added Peyton Barber to a backfield that already had Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. This backfield is getting more and more crowded by the day. Keith, I'm going to start with you this time. Does this change your outlook on Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake at all? I mean, not too much. Um, Peyton Barber will get some third down catches. He'll be in the backfield. He's a good pass catcher. 
He's probably not going to take too many carries away from, as you said, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. Personally, not too high on Josh Jacobs this year because I'm a little nervous. Um, I had Kenyon Drake in a bunch of leagues last year, um, and I know he's talented. Um, and I know with his time in the Dolphins, he's proven that he's talented. And he doesn't need a ton of carries. So I'm a little bit nervous for Jacobs, mostly a Kenyon Drake, but not really. This, this news doesn't really do much for me in my rankings. Mike, I know you're a little bit higher on Josh Jacobs. So, so does this, you know, are you taking advantage of this? People may be thinking twice about Jacobs. It gives you a little bit even more value on him, or are you getting scared off yourself? It's, it's a little bit one one of those moves that you just kind of see and you don't really take in, take into account. You know, it might it might it gives them more running back depth. That's what they're looking for. That's what they're looking for when they when they signed Drake, I believe. And now they're you know they got a little more. So I think it's just it's just about just about getting a running back room that could survive an 18 week, you know, COVID ridden season if COVID, you know, attacks the team or something like that. I tend to agree with you. I mean, I think talent prevails at the end of the day. I will say, I mean, he split red zone and uh, and goal line carries with Gibson last year in Washington. So that's really the one area of, of uh, Jacob's game that I do think, you know, even if it's two, three touchdowns that Peyton Barber, you see steals from Josh Jacobs this year, it's obviously not ideal. But at the end of the day, he's not the most effective back. So I, I tend to agree with you, Micah, that, uh, you know, it's – at the end of the day, talent's gonna whoever's the most talented guy is gonna get the carries. He's gonna get the the work. So, agree. Jesse, are you is, are you extra nervous for Payne Barber? Because I see Kenyon Drake doing what you kind of just said, taking some of those goal line carries. So, are you extra nervous for Jacobs because of Payne Barber, or kind of just that same nerves? I mean, the way I see it is that they added Kenyon Drake to fill some of the voids that they feel Josh Jacobs has in his game, and what he has in his game is his pass catching ability. They're not one hundred percent sold on. So. They're looking at Kenyon Drake to be an overqualified third down back for them. That's why they paid him that money. To me, I just don't think that that's a big enough role or that Kenyon Drake's going to perform well enough in it to really scare me off of Josh Jacobs being a solid RB2. Peyton Barber obviously is someone who he's not going to take that role, but the role that he might take is steal a couple touchdowns, which does put a cap on the week-to-week output for Josh Jacobs if he's going to lose a touchdown here and there to Peyton Barber. It won't be a lot. It's hard to rely on it. It doesn't change a projection, but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. It could be frustrating for Josh Jacobs owners this year. Moving on, on the topic of people adding running backs, the Falcons have signed Wayne Gallman and cut Quadri Allison. So we heard earlier on, we even discussed on the show, Micah, that Quadri Allison was the true number two back for this team. Obviously, they didn't feel he was good enough of a true number two back because they cut ties and they brought in somebody else altogether. So, Micah, Mike Davis was a very popular pick in that nice little, like right before that running back dead zone, a solid, reliable starter for a decent offense, should have had a decent output, was great last year in stepping in for McCaffrey. Does Wayne Gallman coming in kill the value for Mike Davis? It doesn't kill the value, but it absolutely 100% positively affects it. It does hurt it. I think Davis was going to be featured if Gallman wasn't there, but now that Gallman is there, he's going to get carries. Uh, I saw a crazy stat. I was going to tweet it earlier, but I'll just say it now. Uh, I think it was, was Gallman was the fourth four, among players with 140 rushing attempts. Gallman was fourth in the league in yards after contact per rushing attempt, behind Ronald Jones, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry, I believe, something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's good company. He's he's not a bad running back. He's 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 he improved last season. I think he'll be able to be you know somewhat decent this year so yeah it definitely does hurt uh davis value for me 
Yeah, Keith, I, I know you were high on Mike Davis. Does this uh, is this is this scaring you going forward on on Mike Davis's value as well? Yeah, Jesse, like you said, I was definitely very high on him. I took him in a uh, draft on Tuesday. It's my RB two. Um, was very excited for that. Now this kind of like Micah said, cuts his value a lot. I still think he may win that job at the end of the day. And whether it's one A, one B, or he's the true number one and Goldman's number two, still think he can kind of win that. Um, but you definitely got to move him down in the rankings. Uh, you definitely got to make sure that uh, when you take him, it's it's not as your RB2. It's probably an RB2 upside at best. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, Micah said it, Micah said it really well. Wayne Gallman has – is a sneaky productive guy, right? He's he's the kind of guy who, you know, he doesn't have the name value. He doesn't have the recognition. He's not going to rip off a 60-yard touchdown run, but he's, you know, he's going to get you your yards per carry. He's going to get you short yardage. Mike Davis, he's a nice pass catching all-around kind of back, but he's not the biggest guy in the world. So Wayne Gallman stealing all of those touchdowns kind of majorly caps Mike Davis's value. So PPR, Mike Davis, you know, knock him down a few spots. Standard, way down. Uh all right, moving on to our next news. The Broncos cut Royce Freeman, and the Panthers have added Royce Freeman. The Ravens also tried. So, Micah, I'm going to start with you. Tell me first what this does for the Broncos' running back's value. Does it change the value of Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon at all? I don't think so. I think I – think- there was a chance that Freeman was going to get cut anyway because I like they like Mike Boone. They were probably going to make him the right the running back three. So I think this is going to happen regardless. But they just you know because I mean I feel they they didn't like him anyway. You know for a couple seasons now. So I feel like he was he was going to leave anyway. So I mean yeah I mean and now you have Gordon, you have Javante. And I think there's still going to be that kind of you know one two tandem. Then as he progresses, we see Javante get more and more touches that type of thing. Tend to agree with that. So so Keith, for you, the Panthers picking up Royce Freeman. What, what does that mean for their backfield? Are you taking him well ahead of Chuba Hubbard as Christian McCaffrey's handcuff, or are you still leaning on the rookie? I'm personally still leaning on the rookie. I think Royce Freeman for the Panthers is definitely someone they want to bring in as a veteran presence to back up Christian McCaffrey just in case there's a setback. And when McCaffrey gets back into playing, coming off that injury last year, he's not 100%. You know, McCaffrey's this guy who can do everything. He can catch passes. You know, he can truck people, jump over people, has great agility. And I think they're doing this there where if, you know, they notice that in the goal line, in the green zone, he's not as effective. Maybe they'll give Royce Freeman a couple carries to work Christian McCaffrey back in or just in case something happens, like I said. Um, I still like Chuba Hubbard as a handcuff more than Royce Freeman, but it's definitely something, something to monitor, especially if Royce Freeman starts vulturing touchdowns and becomes more of that uh, Mike Tolbert. Mike Tolbert role from a while back. Um, like I said, I think Chuba Hubbard, if uh, McCaffrey were to go down, he'd see the bulk of the role. But uh, Royce Freeman is something to monitor for sure. So you heard, it here, you heard it here first, people. Christian McCaffrey's value is capped because of Royce Freeman, all right? I so didn't say that. Come on. <laughs> move them down your boards. Kamara, Cook, they're, they're on the upswing. Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to score touchdowns this year because they now have Royce Freeman. Is that what you're telling me? Fake news. Fake news. That, this, is, this is how it happens. Fake news. Yeah. That's, uh, that, is, that, is, uh, Keith, that is Keith's opinion, all right? I, I do not 
he does not speak for the rest of the Fantasy Central show. Right, Micah, <laughs> Micah, do you think that Christian McCaffrey's value is is uh is going to take a hit at all for this ad- addition? I I do not, but I do I do think Ch- Chuba is going to be uh get the first reps if something happens to uh, make, uh Christian. I think he'll he'll get you know he'll be the guy. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here, and I'm going to say that why bring in a a veteran running back who's going to cost you more money if you're confident in what you have in a cheap rookie Chuba Hubbard. So I'm going to say that for me, McCaffrey, we're hoping he doesn't get hurt at all. But if he, you know, stays healthy the first few weeks, it gives Royce Jr. plenty plenty of time to get up to speed, learn the playbook, learn the offense. And by that time, we could easily see him as a much more effective version of what we saw from the backups in Carolina last year should, uh, should something happen to McCaffrey. So for me, what I'm doing here, if I'm a McCaffrey owner, is I'm not taking a handcuff anymore. I don't trust either of these guys to be a handcuff because I don't know how this is going to play out throughout the year. So I'm going to let them go to the waiver wire, and I'm going to keep an eye on it and pick somebody up, hopefully around week three, week four, see how it plays out, see who's looking like the RB2, add them, stash them as the, as the handcuff at that point in time, but not drafting them. Yeah, that's, my, that's, that's, my, that's the best move. I actually like that. I yeah. think that I'd, I'd probably do the same thing to you guys. Unfortunately, I have to agree with you. That's also yeah. a very oh, Unfortunately, we have to agree with yeah. you. <laughs> no, if, if we make it, when it's right, it's right. You know, you just kind of go with the with the with the right move sometimes. So, all right, guys. Our next news and note, Mike, are you gonna take this one? Yes, sir. Evan Ingram short term is on the IR for the short term. I mean, I feel like we say this every offseason at, at some point, at least, or every season at some point. But I mean, I feel like if you're if you're in you know one of those leagues that does tight end premium. Keep an eye on Caden Smith. Keep an eye on you know Kyle, Kyle uh, Rudolph. They could you know play if you you know need that type of player in that in that type of format. But in general, you know I'm kind of staying away from Giants tight ends if Ever Ingram is you know out for a while. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll tell you right off the bat the Giants as an offense are scaring the crap out of me right now. That O line yeah. looks terrible. Daniel Jones looks awful. Now Evan Ingram's hurt. You know unless I'm in a 16 team league. Where there's a tight end premium, I'm not taking Caden Smith or Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I'd rather have, you know, take a chance on somebody else. Um, and, yeah, I mean, look, I was never high on Evan Ingram to begin with, and this just, you know, makes him undraftable for me. Just, he's already hurt again. It's the same story with this guy. Keith, I don't know if you ever had any interest in Evan Ingram either. No, I had no interest. He, I mean, he's going to be a guy now where maybe when he comes off the short-term IR and your team's struggling to have a backup or you don't have a backup tight end in one one, maybe – Adam, pick him up before uh, anyone else thinks about it, just in case he does break out because he's talented. Mm. But like you said, Jesse, I never really was super interested in him. The Giants' offense is just in turmoil, like you said, and uh, I want to stay away from that. Honestly, I'm not even. I know this is kind of out of the, you know something different, but I'm staying away from Barkley for the same reason. I just don't trust anything right now. I'd love to see this guy in another team. I mean, he was such a such a talented pass catcher at Ole Miss. He became a first round pick. He was in that I think Noah Fant people because he's yeah. a, one of those guys, an oversized receiver, Kyle Pitts esque. You know, obviously not to the same degree of talent, but you put him in a in a real offense, maybe you know a Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and he could have absolutely flourished. But his career has a little bit been wasted in in uh, the big the big Apple. Oh, man, the, the, the Giants ruined this guy's career. Man, he could he could have been he could. I think I think he had the talent to be one of the one of the greatest greater tight ends of our you know of our time. But 
Giants just right, I, I ain't go that far. I, but I, I, no, no, no. <laughs> this, this, if ever if Evergreen could stay healthy, I I one hundred percent believe he could have been one of the greater tight ends of of our time. Of our time. Yeah, I mean he he's he he's he. I think you know I I, I forgot the stats, but he, he he's he's you know even his rookie season, I think he had what what, what was it, like six hundred reception yards and like six touchdowns something like that. His rookie season, like he's he's a special okay. talent. I think yeah, he, could, he could have been something special, but I mean, he's definitely a special talent. But New York, yeah, New York, a way to ruin a lot of their great players. Yeah, there's a reason why every year he's a, he's a popular breakout pick. It seems like despite letting people down, because people love to take a chance on talent, and he yeah. certainly has that. Um, and our next and final quick hit, staying on the tight end topic, Irv Smith is very, is getting surgery. He's very likely out for the season. Uh, the Vikings went out and they added Chris Herndon, who was a popular sleeper tight end for the Jets last year. Uh, Mike Zimmer had a really great quote about Chris Herndon, basically saying he's pretty good at a lot of things. So going <laughs> off of that, Micah, Irv Smith, he was a popular breakout pick for a lot of people. Do you think that this changes the value for the other Vikings pass catchers? Yes, I think I think I think most importantly it changes the value for Thielen. I think mm-hmm. I have him, I have him as my uh, wide receiver fifteen, and I think he could easily finish top you know twelve, thirteen, whatever. I think you know what he did last season isn't a fluke. He's a great player. He knows how to get open in the end zone. He can create his own you know separation. He does all that well. I think he'll you know be in line for another great season. So you did you move him up to fifteen after Irv Smith got hurt, or was that did you already have him that high? I I officially didn't have him have a spot set for him at that point, but if Earth Smith didn't get hurt, he'd probably be closer to you know RC for twenty as okay. opposed to fifteen. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a guy whose value was was so highly based on his touchdowns last year. So certainly another red zone threat on the team being not an option certainly uh, helps his value. Keith, are you targeting any of the other Vikings tight ends, Tyler Conklin or Chris Herndon, as a uh, sleeper tight end with Earth Smith out of the picture? Chris Herndon, I would look into a little bit more because kind of like with Evan Ingram, every year they talk about all of his talent. You know, they talked about how he could be a popular sleeper candidate. Um, I'm honestly staying away from anyone that's not named Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, or Justin Jefferson in that offense. But if you're really looking for a guy that could potentially have that uh, opportunity to be a, you know, red zone threat, green zone threat, and get a lot of touchdowns, he's definitely a guy I would look to. Um, But – Definitely not take him before the last round, maybe the second to last round at the best. Yeah, and you know, for those of you out there in deeper leagues, I do think it's a it's a situation worth monitoring. This is a run first team, so they're you know they're going to play with a lot of bigger packages, a lot of twelve personnel to get tight ends out on the field. Um, so you know, keeping that in mind, that means that a lot of the offense could go through a tight end eventually. We we hope we're hoping to see that last year with you know Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, and you know this year it could be Conklin and, and Herndon on the field a lot of the time. So. This this is definitely a situation to monitor because these guys could be really good streaming tight ends on a on a matchup basis because uh you know they're going to be on the field a lot they're going to get a lot of red zone opportunities it's a good offense it's not the best offense it's a good offense moves the ball well Kirk Cousins is a very capable quarterback so something to keep an eye on moving forward all right moving on to our next topic guys we're going to talk about breakouts on this show so what is a breakout Micah how would you define a breakout. I see it simply as the player having the best season of their career. At you know that that's that's a breakout. A player doing better than what they've ever done in that season. Yes, I tend to agree with you there. I think that a breakout is somebody who we we see uh, something that we thought they might be capable of finally unleashed, 
getting into that next echelon of status, an average guy becoming good, a good guy becoming great, a great guy becoming elite, or anywhere in between. So that in mind, Keith, you're going to start us off here. Who is your first breakout candidate, and where do you see them really uh, finishing off this year? Yeah, so my first is Marquez Callaway. I mean, admittedly, I'm a Saints fan. You guys know that. Um, so with no Michael Thomas, you know, Adam Troutman should be, you know, coming back, uh, maybe be okay for week one, but it's doubtful. Uh, Nick Vanette being out for two, four weeks. Uh, you know, Trey uh, Smith was also a little bit banged up here, but should be okay. I mean, they need someone other, other than Alvin Kamara to throw the ball to. I, th- I, I thought in that last game, Jameis really loved him as a deep threat target. We all know Jameis isn't afraid to unleash his, his arm and throw it deep. And, you know, five catches, 104 yards, two TDs in that last preseason game gave me confidence. Uh, right now, uh, let's see here. It's escaping me exactly what his ADP is exactly right now, but he's being drafted really late. And I think he can be definitely a wide receiver too. Um, especially for those first six games before Michael Thomas is even expected to come back. And I think he will, especially if Jameis starts falling in love with him for those that month and a half, two months before Thomas is back, have a good role when Thomas is back. Because, you know, you can't – just because the guy's the number one target, he'll get targets, but you're not going to forget about the guy for the first six to seven weeks that's really been there for you. And I think Callaway can really be that wide receiver two, wide receiver three, border – uh, for the entire season, but with high wide receiver two upside in the beginning of the year. I, I like this one a lot. I don't know about you, Micah, but you know, it's not just the opportunity there too. He was looking nice in those preseason. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, he had those little touchdowns. I was like, whoo! That man, he was he was looking good. I was uh, so uh, you know, Jameis loves to uncork the deep ball, as you said, Keith. So this is definitely one that makes a lot of sense, Micah. You, you're you're on board for this one too. Yeah, I, I probably wherever I have him ranked is probably too low to be honest. I mean, as as Keith says, somebody has to get the ball thrown to him. Somebody's going to catch the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we love to think it's Alvin Kamara breaking records. That would be great, uh, you know, for the us us Kamara owners out there. I, I am in a couple of my leagues, so uh, I would love that personally. But we will uh, we will see that if the Saints can spread the ball around more than just hitting him the ball fifty times a game, which would be pretty sweet. Uh, moving on, my first breakout is Damian Harris. So Damian Harris, we all know him. He's you know. Five yards per carry last year for the New England Patriots, a run-first offense. Touchdowns were not great, doesn't catch the ball. Those were the big things that were wrong with him. Mac Jones is now the starting quarterback there. Cam Newton is not going to vulture 10 touchdowns like he did last year. The upside is out of this world. I mean, right now you see him going in the same area as, as like, a Gus Edwards. And to me, he's just he's going to be, you know, a high-end RB2, maybe even creep into that RB1 status. This is going to be a solid offense. They have – a lot of uh, time that they're going to have tight ends on the field. You saw that they invested in Jonu Smith, a great blocker and Hunter Henry. So it just, everything's setting up well for this to be a very run first offense. Damian Harris is going to be in the field a lot. All of the ceilings of all of the Patriots skilled position players were raised by Mac Jones being named the starter, just because of how good he looked versus how bad Kim Newton was last year. And then also just the fact that, you know, like I said, it's more rushing touchdowns to be to become available. Mac Jones is a, is a cable distributor, fantastic at Alabama. He clearly understands the system. I just think this is set up very well for Damian Harris to be a uh, a absolute steal at where his current ADP is. Two great calls in a row. I love it. Off to, off to a great start here. I, mean, I, I, could, I couldn't agree more. I think I have like five or six shares in, in these best ball leagues that I do. So, yeah, no. I'm, I'm with you. 
Yeah, yep. he's, definitely, he's definitely great. I worry a little bit, like you said, in PPR just because he doesn't catch the ball. And James White is definitely still there. But in non-PPR, if he crept into the running back one discussion, would have no problem. Which yeah, he's, he's, not, he's a nice option in the standard leagues right now. Yeah, really if, nice option. If, he, uh, if he goes down, though, Ramondre Stevenson, great guy to keep, keep an eye on as well because this is going to be a uh, – like I said, it's a run-first offense. So James White's getting up there. Yeah, he still have his pass catching role, but somebody's got to somebody's got to tote the rock. So, yep. right now it's Damian Harris. Could be Ramondre Stevenson, Micah. Who is your breakout? My first option, my first candidate to break out is to a uh, Viola. I mean, listen, Jalen Waddle. I think Will Fuller, all these guys that he has, all this talent around him is going to help him to ascend to another level. He's comfortable. He's you know, Mike Gesicki as well. He's comfortable. You know. He has the, the back of the team. The team likes him. You know, they're comfortable with him. Everything's just, you know, trending up for him, trending up for that entire offense in general. So, I mean, I think this is going to be a big year for the offense, a big year for that franchise in general. I think it's going to be, you know, and two is going to be the big, you know, the biggest reason why. I mean, look, he's, you know, he's going in that same area as the Justin Fields is, the, you know, Trey Lances. He's one of those upside guys. He's a second-year guy. He was, you know, thought of as one of the most talented quarterback prospects we've seen in ages. And then he, of course, had a very unfortunate injury that, you know, dropped him in not only the the draft rankings, but also in, you know, pretty much everybody's minds. If he can recapture that, I totally see it. He's not, you know, yeah. personally somebody that I'm doing, but, but I definitely see it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, mean, I, I just, I just think, I just think having that, receiver like Jalen Waddle, we, we I keep saying it over and over again, but having a guy that you can rely on who's super talented like that, you know, that you, that you can throw to whenever you need them third down, whenever to get you out of tough situations, that's that's going to be something you rely on every single game. That's going to really help to become a better quarterback overall. Not to mention he's got some legs too, so, you know, he, he, too. Can, he can steal a couple Agreed. rushing touchdowns. Agreed. Uh, Keith, who's who's your next breakout? Um, my next breakout candidate, it's going to be a little similar to what Justin said earlier, but Gus Edwards. Uh, similar to Damian Harris, uh, Ravens love to run the ball. Uh, they have a number of injuries and at the wide receiver position right now. Uh, obviously, great tight ends, Mark Andrews being one of them. And Lamar's going to run the ball, but obviously when J.K. Dobbins going down, uh, he was going to be the backup, the 1B to his, the 1A of J.K. Dobbins. There's no one really behind him. Justice Hill, I mean, he's, he's a second year. He got 12 total carries last year. So there's no one really being that best backup. You know, Gus Edwards was going to be a real guy that you worry with J.K. Dobbins there. But now mm-hmm. I don't have that same worries with Hill. Um, you know, downside, Gus doesn't really catch the ball. He caught nine passes last year. Not great. Um, but he also averaged five yards a carry. Uh, I think he had something like six touchdowns uh, last season. A lot of them coming towards the end of the year when they give him a bigger role. And he's someone that showed last year with his limited role, he could have a big impact. Now, if I think if they're smart and they give him, you know, 15, 16 carries a game, he's going to even show more of what he can do. And, you know, he's talented, no backup, no problem for me. I like it. I think you're forgetting about Tyson Williams, though. Tyson Williams is going to be a big threat. And I'm only half joking, by the way. Tyson Williams looked fantastic. No, in the no, no, no. I, I, I have Tyson Williams in about – I stashed him in almost every league that he was available in that I could get him in. I mean, you st- I watched the tape, you know, I'm like, okay, this guy, he's shifty, you know, he's strong. Yeah, yeah I, I like it. I like his game. Look, Mike, I think this is a job to lose, so I get it. Like, the guy, 
Tyson can uh, can definitely you know be that backup and can even create a bigger role for himself. I'm sure, Lamar is going to take on more of a role for himself as well, running the ball, even though he does a lot already. But I think it's Gus's job to lose, and I think if he does just as well as he did last year as a backup, but as a starter, no one's taking that job from him. And in fact, he could be RB one material. Yeah, I'd like to see it. That, that, that'd be that'd be awesome to see Gus Edwards RB one. Like, I, like I mean, not not. not oh, let me say, no, no. I mean. I mean even, even I don't, you don't know. I mean, Gus Edwards is a good running back. He's, 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 he's really good. You, 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 watch, you, watch tape, you know, he, he, he can get slot. He's a good running back. I mean, he's a bruiser. No, he's a bruiser. We'll see what happens. I, I know you're high. I know you're high on both of them, Micah. So I'm gonna ask you real quick. Who, who's who's gonna finish the year better, Damian Harris or Gus Edwards? Damian. I, yeah. I just I trust his role more. You know, he doesn't have to deal with deal with a running running or Lamar Jackson all that stuff. But yeah, in PPR as well. Yeah, yeah, Damien. Damien. I, I agree. Keith, feel the same way? No, I kind of like Gus more. Nah. Uh, I, do, I do hear I, I respect it. Look, <laughs> he's my breakout guy for a reason. I, I do I do understand what both of you guys are saying. His role is more defined. He may even have a little bit of a bigger role, but I still think that Gus, you know, I think they're going to uh, reward him for what he did last year and give him that opportunity. I think his catches will go up. I'm not saying by a lot, but you can only go really up from – won every other game. Um, and I think that, like you said, he's a bruiser and he's going to have kind of that, not necessarily be Derrick Henry. I'm not saying that. Don't worry. But he's going to have that that rule where if they give the ball enough, he's going to get three, four yards in the first half and potentially five, six, seven yards of carry in the second half. And I think with that team where he likes to run the ball and doesn't like to throw and they don't have any wide receivers, you know, why not let him cook? Gus Bus. All right. Gus exactly. Gus Bus. My next breakout is Mr. Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a guy, he's a former first-round pick out of Clemson. He was spectacular in college. He hasn't quite lived up to that reputation yet. Clemson's produced a lot of guys in this mold. They had, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams. They were, they were on a, quite the tear. And Mike Williams seems to be where, the, where, where we stopped here because he just has not lived up to that reputation since he's gotten here. Well, this is the year that Mike Williams breaks out, people. Mike Williams is in a high-powered Chargers offense with a fantastic young record-breaking quarterback in Justin Herbert. Hunter Henry is gone. There's a lot of receptions to go around. I don't care about all the noise about the the Palmers and the and the Guitons of the world. I don't, you know, I know Mike is smirking over there because he <laughs> loves those guys. Get, Mike, Mike is a fan of it. if you're the fourth receiver on the Chargers. Micah wants to. Micah, Micah wants to have you. Give me all the Tyron Johnson. Give me yeah, all the Tyron Johnson. Johnson. Like, I love it. I'm just telling you, this guy is the number two receiver for a reason. He has a ton of talent. He has yet to unlock it. Somebody's got to be the red zone possession guy, and it's going to be him. We're going to see Mike Williams score. This is the this is not my bold prediction. We're saving those for later, but I'm telling you, Mike Williams is scoring eight to ten touchdowns this year. Ooh, that's, that, that that's a bold prediction. I'm sorry, no, no, that, that is a bold prediction. <laughs> One of my bold predictions. It's still a bold prediction. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen is is you know he'll do his thing. He'll be a wide receiver one. No worries. But where else are they going to give the ball to? Eckler can't can't do it all. So I know I'm, I'm saying Mike Williams is the red zone threat for this team. He'll probably finish with something like 800 yards, but he's going to probably finish with eight touchdowns as well. I Are you worried about that injury history at all? Look, it's obviously a concern, but you can't draft scared, right? So the you know this is he's a breakout for a reason. He's been injured in the past. He's he puts it together. He stays healthy and he, and he becomes the the touchdown 
threat that he can be this year. So that that's that's what that's what I'm I'm thinking this year for him. I I trust this guy more if he could catch a ball without you know having no regard for his body. This man just goes up in the air, just comes down on and whatever he whatever he whatever he lands on he lands on. Then then he's, <laughs> come on, man. He's DeAndre Hopkins. No, I get it. He thinks he's DeAndre Hopkins, but like, then I can't, he, I can't he's not. Yeah, you know, so it is what it is. But I think he puts it together this year. That's that's I like actually it. I like it. All right, guys. Now, one of my favorite guys in the league in, in the NFL right now, Darnell Mooney. I think when the moment Justin Fields starts start at starts at quarterback, him and Allen Robinson are going to send to you know, even Allen Robinson is going to send to a higher level. But Mooney will break out with Justin Fields at quarterback, and um, yeah, I think that's all it's going to take. He's he's talented. He he broke out. I think he had a, what like a 90, 91st percentile college dominator rating per player profiler. I think he you know broke out at, at an early age as well. He's he's a great he's a great wide receiver. He has natural abilities, and I think Fields is going to help him unlock those natural abilities at the NFL level. Finally. And I think it should be uh, noted that Mike had just traded for him in one of our leagues. So I had to. I had to. I need all the shares I can get. <laughs> I love this guy. You know, he put his bunnies where, where his mouth is. So that's all we can ask for, right? You know, we, we don't want people just talking up here. We want we want you to know. We, we believe this stuff, right? So mm-hmm. God, Darnie, I, I like it. He's, you know, he's, he's got a lot of talent. He's a good route runner. He's playing mostly out of the slot. He's got a lot of speed. He's just, he's just a talented guy. So the ball can't go to Allen Robinson every time. They have you know, 50 tight ends on the Bears, but none of them really, to me, are going to have the upside of a Darnell Mooney. In that past game, Justin Fields is a guy who can be accurate downfield. Let's see what they can do together for sure. Mike, a question for you in a, in a PPR league. I know this uh, got me about names a little higher ADP wise, but you like would you do like Darnell Mooney or would you rather do like a Jarvis Landry? That's a good question. I, I you know, if I'm feeling overliable, I, I might go Landry. But if I want, if I, I knowing knowing me, I probably go Mooney every time. You know, the guy, I want the upside. I want the breakout. Yeah, I mean that's the ultimate ceiling versus floor uh, yeah. discussion right there. We're gonna go at that range in the draft. I think ceiling is the way to go, right? So, yeah. mm. all right, Keith. Okay, speaking of ceiling, Lavisca Chanel. Saw him uh, when he played for Colorado. I was unfortunate that I had to be a ball boy on the sideline watching him make play after play. Pretty sure he had like three, like a sprained ankle, like something was wrong with his knee. He, his shoulder was messing up, and he was so incredible. Last year, he did pretty well. Um, he obviously wasn't like the breakout rookie wide receiver that some of these other guys were, but he did well. And I think why he's going to be good this year, first off, I think he's the only healthy receiver over there. Marvin Jones, I think, is still banged up a little bit. DJ Chark hasn't come back to practice fully yet. Um, in the last game, uh, last two preseason games, he's caught eight of his ten targets from Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence is looking his way. Um, I think he's had about uh, 70 yards in those two games combined, and it's preseason. It's not going to be there all the time. But I also just like how they're going to use him. You know, he's kind of a Swiss Army knife. They're going to use him in the in the jet sweep. He may, you know, take probably won't be a running back, but uh, he'll probably get some carries as well here and there. Um, he's going to be the guy that I view him as, like Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, where he's going to catch a lot, high volume. So I think in PPR formats – especially week one, week two, when DJ Chark and Marvin Jones Jr. are still not 100%. He's the guy that's going to really shine in that offense. I thought you were really going to be bold and comp him to A.J. Brown because of the uh, the yard after catch ability that they both have. I mean, this guy is a running back once he has the ball in his hand. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the key here is obviously with ETN out, 
they were used planning on using him on you know third downs and short yardage is like their pass catching specialist from short short throws from the line of scrimmage and now that role is there just for Chenault to take so I definitely can see this this is a very popular breakout pick in fantasy schools I agree I agree all right Jesse Speaking of popular breakout picks in fantasy circles, Jerry Judy. That's a lot of J's over there on that bar. My Jesse. guy. My guy. I mean, Jerry Judy, what, what else is there left to be said about Jerry Judy? Obviously, I'm sure you guys were hoping for to, to learn a new breakout, but I couldn't help myself. I mean, this guy is so freaking talented, and he has the perfect quarterback for his skill set in there right now. He is – Teddy Bridgewater is – not going to take a shot down the field. He's going to throw the ball intermediate to the open receiver. Jerry Judy's going to catch 300 passes this year. Obviously, I'm exaggerating for effect, but he's pretty clearly going to be, to me, a top 20 at worst receiver. He is, and he's being drafted like he's a he's a wide receiver three. So yeah. yep. the value is just is, is crazy. It's it's you know maybe he doesn't have the same ceiling as a, to be a wide receiver one that some people are projecting for him just because the the Broncos offense is you know it has limited upside as as a whole with, with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback and the touchdown rate being so incredibly low there but at the end of the day this guy is going to catch a million balls and he's going to be super effective I, I just think we shouldn't be surprised if somehow some way Judy becomes the you know the guy in the offense over Cortland Sutton I wouldn't be surprised if he gets you know the most targets in that in that passing offense I have no doubt in my mind he is the guy over Corlin Sutton. Corlin Sutton is born to be a good wide receiver, too. I know how much you love the guy, but he is. I, 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 I'm in love with Corlin Sutton. So yeah. it, was, it was tough for me to even say that. So <laughs> He was born to be a really good wide receiver, too. He's not, he's not, you know, he's a second round pick out of SMU. He's a talented guy, but he's not, he does not have the pedigree of a Jerry Judy. He does not have the. Yeah, Judy's, Judy's different. Judy's Jerry different. Judy. Yeah. Would you consider Corlin Sutton then a bus candidate? I know this is a no. breakout. Oh, I would, 100%. No. Continue. I'm not taking Corlin Sutton. I am. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I feel like if if it comes to the point where they're not winning games because Bridgewater's at quarterback, they're going to put Drew Lock in the game. You know, they're going to see what he can do. If it comes to the point where Drew Lock isn't doing, then they're going to, you know, th- at that point they'll do whatever they think is best. But I think if Bridgewater isn't doing well, they definitely get Drew Lock in the game. That could, you know, help get more passes downfield I'm- to uh, to Sutton. I do not want to bank on them putting the worst quarterback in the game when I'm drafting a receiver. That's that's not that's. I mean, I, this I, offense I, 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 can I'm barely so- sustain two threats, let alone three. So Noah Fant and Jerry Judy are my Broncos. I'm not. I'm banking on Cortland Sutton taking a big step back. He's obviously very pr- effective when the ball's thrown his way, but he's the kind of guy who I see him getting you know three to four targets a game as a change of pace. Nothing. Nothing uh. more. Ugh, that would be sick. Listen, I, I <laughs> listen. I, 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 th- I think Corlin Sutton is one of those guys that can become one of those, you know, guys that doesn't really matter who's back there at quarterback. He, he knows that he's, he has a good catch radius. He's coming a better route runner. This is really this, this isn't really about Corlin Sutton. It's about Jerry Judy. But we're talking about Corlin Sutton. But I, I, I do think I do think you know Sutton can be that guy. But we'll, all right, we'll, 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 we'll stop. We'll stay on topic. We'll, we'll stay on topic. and we'll we'll move on to my last guy. Mr. John U. Smith, the guy that Bill Belichick said that he really likes. And then a year later, he goes to get him. I mean, come on, guys. Put, put, put the pieces together. I think they're going to utilize, utilize him well. He's going to be used, you know, as a runner, as a pass catcher, and whoever, however, you know, Bill wants to use him. And I think he'll be used often. If Bill Belichick likes you, then you are golden in Mike's book. Then you're good. Then you're good. I, I, that, that's, 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 that's standard. Write it down. Engrave it. <laughs> I mean, look, Hunter Henry's already been hurt. Mac Jones is a, is a, is a, the quarterback now. I totally agree that this guy that you know he definitely has top ten tight end upside. Uh, so the breakout is definitely an option with him. 
Uh, I mean, we saw it with Tennessee. He can be used in the screen game. He, he's, you know, he's, he's a blocker. He's a runner. He's a catcher. He's yards after the catch. He does it all. Very talented guy, often overlooked. A lot of, a lot of respect around the NFL. I've spoken to, to some, some coaches about how they feel about him. And they, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got a lot of respect around the league. Everyone knows there how talented he is, the fantasy community. Hopefully we'll get to see that this year from him because obviously we're not drafting him for his blocking abilities. We don't care about that. That doesn't help him. I don't pay him for that. So I'm paying him to catch touchdowns and receptions. So that's, that's what I want to see this year. My only one question I'd say is would him being a top 10 tight end be considered a breakout? I mean, right now he's being drafted as, I think, wide receiver uh, – sorry, tight end 14. So would moving up only four spots really be considered a breakout for him? Well, hey, he's not my breakout. I said I yeah, should. I mean, I mean, <laughs> has, 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 has he finished as a top ten tight end before? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he is. Yes, it is. It I, I, I check on it. Yeah, but it I mean, I, I think he, he has upside to finish as a, as a, one of those the top eight guys. Tight, tight end's not that deep. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it will be that hard for one of the guys that, that's going like you know top fifteen to ascend to that you know top eight level. But you know, we'll see what happens. Fair enough. All right, now we are All moving right, to bold predictions. This is going to be fun. I love bold predictions. I love uh, I love ripping them apart from from Micah especially. So I mean, we got a lot and a couple couple guys that we already talked about a couple of them, but we'll we'll start with you, Keith. Yeah, Keith, we'll we'll start we'll start off with you. Yes, sir. This is probably one of my favorite running backs. Uh, he helped me win a league last year. Um, look, Miles Gaston's going to win the job. Uh, Ahmed's good. The couple backups they have, Malcolm Brown's okay, but he's going to win the job. When he was healthy last year. It was his job to lose. I mean, seven of the ten games uh, that he played, he had ten plus more carries. Uh, six of the ten games he was in, and he played fully at either 100 yards or a touchdown. I mean, that's productivity that I want to see. I think over an 18-game season, obviously he only played 17 of those games. But over the full season, I think he really could be one of those guys that once he wins the jobs and solidifies it as himself, himself only, be a three-down back, he catches passes, he runs hard, is a good uh, average per carry, and honestly, with all that combined, I think there's and the you know the injury that happens every year to one or two top running backs. I think he's going to be the guy that people are surprised about, and I think it's really going to mean top eight PPR running back for him. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to knock any bull prediction. It's a bull, it's a bull prediction for a reason, you know. I it, it's possible, you know. I know just he's right. He's right. Uh, I can't help myself a lot of times. Look. I, I just I don't see any way in hell this guy's a top eight running back. I totally can see it as you know he. The bold prediction for me would be like top twelve. I couldn't bring myself to do higher than that. Honestly, I couldn't do it. But uh, he definitely could could be a top fifteen, top twelve running back. So more power to you, Keith. Enjoy your Miles Gaskin. I share. love my Miles Gaskin shares. <laughs> I love it all the way to another championship. I love it. <laughs> another one. I like I like that. I like that shot. Another, another championship. Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right, my bold prediction. Oh, so we, we're talking about the number four and five receivers in ADP this year, number four being DeAndre Hopkins, number five being Calvin Ridley. Well, number five receiver, Calvin Ridley, who's currently being drafted behind Hopkins, finishes as the wide receiver one in PPR. Not a wide receiver one, the wide receiver one, the number one receiver in fantasy football this year in PPR. DeAndre Hopkins, on the other hand, finishes outside the top ten. And here is my reason why. Calvin Ridley is – going to be absolutely fed a truckload of targets this year. Kyle Pitts is there. He's there to, to, to draw away coverage. He's there to fill the, a lot of the targets that Julio was taking away. But Kyle Pitts is still a rookie tight end. I 
love the hype. I love how the, the talent. But at the end of the day, people, he is not going to break records big enough for him to take away from Calvin Ridley and stop Calvin Ridley from being the number one receiver in fantasy. Calvin Ridley was fantastic last year. If you extrapolate his games without Julio Jones in the lineup and extend that over a full season, we're talking about somebody who is the wide receiver one in fantasy. Well, guess what? Julio Jones is gone. So why are we not talking about this more? DeAndre Hopkins, on the other hand, is in an offense, an air raid, where they're going to spread the ball around. And yeah, he's the most talented guy that they have. But they added A.J. Green. They added Rondell Moore. They, Chase Edmonds is going to have a bigger role this year. So, you know, this is an offense that's going to spread the ball around. And I'm not saying don't draft DeAndre Hopkins and expect him to be a wide receiver one. Because, yeah, maybe he is going to be a wide receiver one. But I'm saying temper your expectations. He's going too high. I would rather have... Calvin Ridley, I'd rather have A.J. Brown. I'd rather have Justin Jefferson. I'd rather have D.K. Metcalf. I'd rather have Stephon Diggs if you're taking Stephon. I mean, you know, he's going ahead of him, but not in every league. So temper your expectations on Hopkins. Follow the targets. That's the key. It's a PPR league. Follow the targets. All of them are going to Calvin Ridley. Not all of them are going to Hopkins. That's what I see for this year, and that's my bold prediction. That that first, that first one, I believe too much for it to be bold. I think it's, it's too realistic. I think, but I, 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 I'm with okay, you. Know. Yeah, I, it's, it's going to happen. I, but I do think, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I, I love Hopkins. You know, his he was consistent last year. Now they have Rondell Moore. They could bring him in, and utilize him a lot more. They could still utilize Christian Kirk. AJ Green could be utilized if he stays healthy. So yeah, we'll, it's possible. We'll see what happens. My only, my only one thing about Calvin Ridley being the number one guy is. Like you said, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Pitts would have to be the best tight end, rookie tight end ever to do what people think he's going to do. Yeah. Um, but they don't have really a second wide receiver. So what's stopping most defenses from just double covering him? Kyle Pitts is still there. That's what I'm, they can't double cover him because of Kyle Pitts. I mean, but they really don't have anyone else is my thing. So you can cover two guys. there. Russell, they can't get they got, first of all, don't don't knock my boy Russell Gage, first of all. Russell Gage is not – look. Ola I, I, like, I like Gage. I like Gage. They got everything they need. Zacchaeus Gage and Kyle Pitts. They don't – Kevin really will not get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried ever about Zacchaeus or Gage. I will say Mike Green's going to catch a couple passes. Todd Gurley caught zero, I think, last year because that guy can't really catch too much. Uh, but, I mean – I look, I don't think he's going to be wide receiver one, but I, I don't have, I, I don't, I think it's a good bull take. It's a good bull take. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good take. It's a good take. All right, my turn. Let's go. Josh Jacobs finishes as a top five RB in PPR, and this, this really isn't. I don't even think this is bold enough. I, I just feel like this is like stuff that could happen so easily. Uh, he's going to continue to get red zone looks, and that's going to continue to help help him get opportunities to score touchdowns and utilizing his skill set, his ability to weave through tackles and his strength. He's going to be able to score those touchdowns and he'll be able to finish as a top five PPR running back. He finished, I think it was top eight last year. And, you know, with a couple more touchdowns, he probably would have been top five. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. Top eight last year? Is that, is that right? Yeah. He was, was, was RB8. That's in crazy. PPR. Yeah. Because because of Twitter, because online, all these people creating these narratives that, that mess stuff up. You know, Jacobs was good last year because he's going to be good again. Drake's not going to, you know, affect that too much, in my, in my opinion. So you're really not scared about Peyton Barber? I'm not, none of these guys. <laughs> none, none of this running back death scares me. You know, they're, they're just guys. They're just people that, that, that have to be we're there. All because, people, like you know? We're all just people. We're, we're all just people. That's true. We're all just people. But, yeah, that's my, that's my, that's my take. All right, Keith. Fair enough. She's not going to comment on it. Okay, cool. We move on. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
With that being said, I'll take another <laughs> take that probably people will like. Miles Sanders, top six running back in PPR. Look, I think people are very quick to discount Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders for that same reason. I mean, people are are, gonna, are saying a bunch of different things from, oh, Jalen Hurts can run, so it's going to take away from it. You know, Miles Sanders is that good anymore. Um, I think people are undervaluing his ability to catch passes as well. I mean, the last three games we're down the stat here, hit over 80-plus yards with Hurts in the three games they played with each other at the end of the season. Uh, he also had three touchdowns. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to score a touchdown every single game with Jalen Hurts or my buddy Jesse over here will be the most happy – the happiest person in the entire world. Big Eagles guy. But, um, look, he's going to be good. He's still going to be the, the first – the RB1. They still have the most talented wide receiver in core. They have a good tight end – a couple of good tight ends in Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. But they're still going to feed him, I think. And I think the biggest problem was last year they didn't feed him enough. Brought in a new coach. I think he's going to get the ball more, and I think he's going to shine. He can still catch, like I said, and in a PPR league, if he can catch four passes a game, you know, get you know, 30, 40 receiving yards and have those touchdowns continue to do as well uh, because they have to monitor Jalen Hurts and they have to really, just like with Kyle Murray in the red, in the green zone, they have to – someone's got to, you know, uh, spy him or, you know, look at him. Um, I think he's going to find more touchdowns. I think he's going to be successful. So I think people aren't talking about him enough. Keith, you're, you're doing bold predictions right. This, this is how this is how it should be. I, 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 like, I like it. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm a lot higher on this guy now. He was he was a, a bust for me a week ago on our show. I'm a lot higher on him now that Jordan Howard's gone. But I'm, I'm still, you know, this is still an absurd take to me. But that's that's fine. It's bold. It's bold takes. They're supposed to be bold, right? I mean, supposed to blow our minds. It's supposed to be crazy. Does it, you know what I mean? My mind was awesome. It'll blow everyone's mind. Mine have not been crazy enough. I don't know. Jesse, we'll see if this next one is crazy enough. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys are wondering out there, you know, Mike is saying Josh Jacobs is going to finish top five. Keith's saying Miles Sanders top six. Miles Gaskin top eight. Who is finishing outside of the top 10 that gives room for these guys to finish there? Well, guess what? I have the answer for you. These are your first round pick running backs to avoid. Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, and Alvin Kamara are finishing outside of the top 10. Now, you might be wondering, Jesse, oh, you are the Alvin Kamara fan in the world. Why are you saying that Alvin Kamara is not a top 10 running back all of a sudden? Well, I think that Alvin Kamara is in an offense that's going to be terrible. Now, the Saints have Jameis Winston there. They have no receivers. They have no pass catchers. This He's going to catch his targets, but he's not scoring any touchdowns. The touchdowns last year are what made Alvin Kamara the number one running back in fantasy. He scored six in one game, people. This is a guy who is not touchdown dependent, but he is RB1 touchdown dependent. So the floor is still there with Alvin Kamara because those receptions are going nowhere. But this is not an offense that's going to just move the ball like, like it's done in the past. That's just I, I just don't see it. And, you know, it's bold for a reason, right? I'm still. I'm not saying don't draft Alvin Kamara. I'm not saying don't take him top five. I'm just saying of the guys in the top five, this is the guy that I see not finishing the top ten. However, the rest of these guys should not be going in the first round ever, and that is that is a fact. Saquon Barkley is in the worst offense in football. I'm telling you that right now. The Giants are the worst offense in football. <laughs> worse than Detroit. Worse than the Jets. Worse than the Houston Texans. They are the worst offense and football they are all name value and they are no output joe judge is a terrible head coach uh jason garrett is a terrible offensive coordinator <laughs> offense has no creativity and it has a quarterback who is going to be starting all year long because they've invested a high first round pick in him who is not an nfl quarterback in daniel jones 
Saquon Barkley, stay away. Not to mention he can't stay healthy. He's not he's not playing more than 10 games this year. I'm just that, that's another added point. Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb. I love him as, I love his talent in a great offense. Could not be more different of a situation than Saquon Barkley. However, there's a guy named Kareem Hunt there that caps his value, and Kareem Hunt is not going to get hurt, and Kareem Hunt's not going to not catch passes, and he's not going to not score touchdowns. So Nick Chubb, for me, he's, he's a steady RB2. He's being drafted like he's an RB1. I don't want him as my RB1. I'm not taking him in the first round. I'll take somebody else. That simple. He'll be finished as maybe RB12 outside the top 10. Najee Harris, the O-line is so bad on that team, guys. It's so bad. It looked great in the preseason, but that's, that was against backups. So I get it that the, the production's there. They're going to give the ball. But this is not a good offense. It's not a good offense either. Ben Roethlisberger is learning a new offense this year. He's, he's, he's old. He looked terrible last year. He can't stay healthy. Mason Rudolph's the backup who looks even worse. Like, so what happens when, when Ben Roethlisberger inevitably, inevitably gets hurt and the defense decides to crowd the box with no offensive line protection? Najee Harris will end up averaging three yards per carry. So it doesn't matter how many times you feed him. He's not going to be productive. So... Najee Harris is going is, is starting to head and creep into the first round in 12-team league. Stay away. I'm saying these, these three guys in particular, don't take them in the first round ever. Alan Kamara, you could take him top five and be fine with it. This is just a bold prediction, everybody. All right. I, I, I you know, I, I can see the Saquon Chubb Harris thing happening. I, I can see it happening. I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Kamara, I, that was, that was, I had to bite my tongue, but the, the other thing. <laughs> I, really, I just picture for you with the other guys, though. You know, I really can't picture. I actually love this bull prediction. Obviously, I hope not for Kamara's sake, uh, it's the Saints, but I think you hit the the I hit I think you hit it perfectly with the Najee Harris thing. Like Najee Harris is more talented than James Conner was, but that offensive line is the biggest problem. Like James Conner would have to fight off two tacklers just to get back to the line of scrimmage every carry. Like. What do you expect at some point, you know? And I and while you upgrade in running back, like you said, you don't upgrade in the line. And then, obviously, I'm not going to reiterate all your other points, but I think this is a great bold prediction. Obviously, hopefully, only three out of four happens, so that Gaskin and Sanders can slot in there. But you know, uh, I think I love this take. I love it. I I, I had to say something before before we move on, but there is a you know something between there's something there when there, you have a talented running back and you know a bad old line these these some of these backs know how to cre- create their own yards they know how to do that type of thing when they're in the open field and you know create their own opportunities i think guys like harris guys like saquon even though they have a terrible offense they they, they can create they can be innovative i think that's how they'll get most of their value so i don't know you know we'll see what happens but i think that's that's going to you know help them the most i, I had to say that you know just like you're 100 percent right but that comes down to the offensive coordinator being creative enough to give them opportunities in space and being able to open things up for them. And I don't think that either of those teams have offensive coordinators where that's possible. They both are very, very stale, very, very outdated offensive minds. Obviously, the Steelers, we could hope, will hopefully see a little bit more of a, of a modern progression from them, maybe maybe gravitating a little bit more towards that uh, zone run scheme that we've seen as some be successful in other offenses. But at the end of the day, I don't trust either of those teams to open things up for these guys. This, this is not Sean Payton. This is not Kyle Shanahan. This is not Sean McVay that we're talking about here. So I'm not. I'm not uh, give those guys these guys with those offensive lines. And what we're talking about a different story. But that's not where we're at. I like it. I like it. All right, guys. Now my final bowl prediction, or one of my final bowl predictions. Mike Gusecki joins the elite. T- tier of tight ends in, P- in general. I, I'm not going to say in PBR. He, he joins the elite tier of tight ends in general. I think he's an elite talent. 
he just needs a quarterback that's going to help him unlock that potential, and Tua is going to be that guy. It's that simple, in my opinion. I'm going to need some clarification from you here. When you say the elite tier, are you saying that he's going to be in that Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle tier? That's that's the bold prediction. He, he was, he's going to join that that elite, you know, the guy the guy that you want in the first, second, or third round as your, as your tight end one that you want to get before everybody else. He's a, Anyone he's here that's a fan of Micah's takes should be drafting every share of Micah Siki they can, if that's the case. <laughs> read, that. read, read the scrolling bar, guys. Read the scrolling bar. Come on. The, come the, on. the value <laughs> is off the charts, guys. We're talking about a guy who's barely being drafted as a backup tight end in some leagues, and Micah's saying he's going to be elite. So if that's the case, yeah. you get the steal of the draft is Micah Siki. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's the add-on to this bold prediction. The steal of the draft is Micah Siki. Um, look, he's, he's, we got another talented pass catcher here out of Penn State. We saw it. He's, he's a great high, high pointer, um, big body, decent route runner, great body control. It all comes down to it. So we'll see if the, if the Dolphins offense can, can do it. And we'll see if they can, if they actually want to pepper this guy instead of X, Y, Z receivers they have since they added so many to the, to the team. I mean, you know, we were talking, we're, we're talking so much about Jalen Waddle and, and, uh, and Will Fuller, and Will Fuller, right? And Will Fuller, don't don't forget about Devonte Parker. I Devontae mean, Parker too. Mm-hmm. They have plenty of guys there. So with all those mouths to feed, don't forget about Miles Gaskin either. I mean, he's still there. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, I forgot about too quick. I forgot about already. I see. You. Right, right, right. <laughs> all right, Keith, your last one. I like this one a lot. I like it. We want it bold. We're going bold. Sam Darnold finishes as a borderline QB one. Guys, there's a couple things people uh, aren't remembering. I like it a lot. I like one. It a lot. One, he's getting away from Adam Gates. Everyone gets better when they don't have that guy as his coach. Let's be honest with that. He was in a position to fail in the New York Jets with that coach for those three seasons that he was as a Jet. Um, we also – people forget that, you know, in 2019, with that terrible team, he was 7-6, and six, threw for over 3,000 yards, uh, had 19 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. One reason I think he's going to bounce back in a big way this year – is because one thing, uh, a couple things. One, reconnecting with Robbie Anderson, and they have a great wide receiver core and just offensive weapons there. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall Jr., uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, those guys are all very talented and can create extra yard, you know, have high yards after the catch, can break tackles, can do a lot of things there. One of the things also I think people are realizing is when the team is struggling and when you know, the Panthers are going to be down in a lot of games. They're going to throw the ball, and that's just simple. They're going to have to throw the ball to try to come back. They're not going to hand the ball off as much. And when that happens, usually, if he does well like I think he will, the quarterback's going to do better, and he's going to do better in fantasy. I'm not saying they're going to have the best offense. I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, the Chiefs or the Bucks or the Cowboys or anything like that in the terms of their offensive production. But I'm saying with the amount of times they're down in games, He's going to have to throw it, and I think he bounces back and does really well, be poised in the pocket like he was in his USC days, and I think that all translates into him being a QB1. Not the QB1, but a QB1. I, I'm, I'm, I like it. You like it? I'm really mad I'm really mad that, like you, forgot about, that, you, really, that you forgot about Dan Arnold when you were listing the, the Panthers' weapon. Ah, yes, 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 yes. It was a very like talented it. tight end. Yep. I mean, look, this, is, this shows Keith's USC bias, everybody. I mean, we, <laughs> Sam Darnold – I love Sam. He's a great dude. You know, I wish nothing but the best for him. I'm not drafting him in fantasy, though. I'm not r- risking my fantasy season just because it, 
because I'm buddy buddy with Sam Darnold. That's not happening. So quarterback too, though. He's, he's, he's your quarterback too off, off your bench. Why do you think what happens? You don't have to risk your fantasy season. He's the yeah. last draft. Who cares? All right, fine, 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 fine. Be that as it may. The bottom line for me is you're gonna go ahead and say that it's not it's not gonna be a, a power a powerhouse offense like those other offenses you named, which I completely agree with. And to me, that means that he's not gonna be a quarterback one. I'm not risking it on you know, garbage time. I'm not risking a, a, a guy being a quarterback one just based on garbage time points. So, you know, look, at the end of the day, I get what you're saying. He gets, he gets away from Adam Gase. He gets weapons like he's never had. He's a talented guy. I just, I, I just, knowing Sam, and again, I don't want to talk poorly about his game, but just knowing Sam, he's so turnover prone. He's not going to have the ball in his hands ever. So it's, it's just like, it's, it's, but Christian McCaffrey's still there, and it caps any quarterback on that team's value. Christian McCaffrey scoring 35 fantasy points per game. So at the end of the day, fine, you can take him as a sleeper. But look, he's going to work with going from Adam Gase to Matt Rule and Joe Brady. I mean, he's such an upgrade. And look, I get it. You don't want to rely on garbage time. But the thing is, you're not drafting him as your QB one. You're getting a QB one. So I don't care if he gets 10 points because they're down. 35 to 10 and he throws a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey for 40 yards. I don't care. I still get the points. He also can run. So like, don't forget, he can run. I don't want him to run too much because sometimes he makes me nervous, but he can also run. And I think he's going to be a QB one. You have to have the ability to run sometimes. And he definitely does. So lock it in. You heard it here first. If you guys take him, congratulations on winning your league. That's all I'm saying. I, th- I think it's very, I think Dar- Darnold is, is man. He's ta- he's a talented quarterback. He's not bad. Like he's never been a bad quarterback. <laughs> and I, there's a reason he, he, there there is a hype that there that was there. He's a he's a decent quarterback. He's now he has the best weapons of his career. I'm I'm, I'm with it. I, I think that's I think also. I- if you guys are a fan of what Keith and Micah are saying, then you need to place your bets. <laughs> Sam doing this. Sam Darnold leading the league in quarterback rushing yards right now because right, he is read, a read, running read, quarterback. Read the scroller. Read the scroller. That, that, that's going to win you a net. That you'll get to be able to buy a new car with the money that you'll win off of that bet because he is such a long shot and apparently he runs. So there you go. Read the scroller, guys. I'm not saying he's gonna be the number one running quarterback. Wait, 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 Keith. That, that's that's a Jesse defend this take. <laughs> oh, man, man. You're up. Here's my logic behind this. Ready? And then, this isn't that crazy. I'm telling you right now. When once I once I finish talking, you guys this this you guys are gonna be buying every share of Zach Ertz you can get because Zach Ertz is going at the end of drafts. People keep that in mind. He is going at the end of drafts. He is going. His average draft position is tight end. 16, 155 overall, according to Fantasy Pros. So he's he's being barely drafted as a backup tight end in a lot of leagues. The Eagles still don't have pass catchers. Yeah, they added Devontae Smith, but they're still going to be a team where the most talent comes from their tight end position. And Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are those guys. Dallas Goddard cannot stay healthy. That's just a fact. Look at George Kittle, look at Dallas Goddard. What do they have in common? They are the two best run-blocking tight ends in the league. Do you know what run-blocking does to your body? It destroys your body. That is why they get hurt. It is not a coincidence that they get hurt. It is not by happenstance. It's not because they don't train hard enough. It's because they are putting their heads down and making those tough blocks to open lanes up for running backs. That's why they get hurt. So when Dallas Goddard inevitably gets hurt, and Jalen Hurts, who is averaging, like I think it was 30 40% target share to tight ends, 
when he was a starter last year and in, has been doing the same throughout camp, if he only has one of those guys left, guess what? Guess who's going to get all that those targets? They're going to come to Zach Ertz. They're going to come to come to the boy Zach Ertz. Super Bowl hero Zach Ertz is going to get all those touchdowns, all those targets. So right now, everyone's expecting it to be Dallas Goddard, and yeah, that's fine. He's he's the more talented guy. He's younger. He's he's very athletic. And you know, as an Eagles fan, I don't wish injury on anybody, especially not a star tight end for for my uh, you know the team that I support. But when the guy who can't stay healthy inevitably gets hurt, and Zach Ertz is still standing there, the lone man on the field. I mean, remember last year when everyone was dropping like flies? Didn't it feel like there was one time where Zach Ertz was like the only guy left we had at one point? I feel like I'm, I'm not crazy. Like so, I, I just you know I, I see that happening again. And then Zach Ertz is is the kind of guy who, when that inevitably happens, you get him as as your backup tight end. He's reliable. If you need him to play, you can get six points out of him minimum in a PPR league. If like instead of him dropping a goose egg, hopefully. And if Dallas Goddard gets hurt, which he will, because he's Dallas Goddard. He's a top ten tight end. What 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 I'm hearing is Zach Ertz is a high end tight end stash. He's 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 the equivalent of, a sta- of stashing behind saying, a, a high end quarterback running back one. I'm saying definitely stash Zach Ertz because he will finish as a top ten tight end. I'm saying that Zach Ertz will be starting for your team by the end of the year and winning you your playoff matchups because he will be a high end starting tight end in the playoffs. Because Goddard God is going to get hurt. Yes. I hate projecting injury. Like, yeah. you shouldn't be projecting injury. Like, we shouldn't. But, like, at the same time, it doesn't – injuries happen. So, like, you have it to is. take that into account. So, you know, a lot of a lot of people in, in fantasy circles will not project for injury. Like, they'll say, oh, let's not talk – What if, don't project for injury. They're not going to occur. I'm not going to do that because injuries happen all the time and you have to take them to account. And there are guys who are more likely to get hurt than others. And Dallas Goddard is one of those guys. So, it's something that I have to take into account. So when I look around the league at guys, tight end is, is a very hard position to figure out, guys. It was it, it was a, a position last year where unless you had Kelsey or Darren Waller, you were streaming most likely throughout the year last year trying to figure out who to start each week. So if you can get Zach Ertz at the end of your draft, which you should because that's where he's going right now, you absolutely should be doing that. This is a guy who a couple years ago was a top three tight end. Like, you know, yeah, he got older and yet he's not he's he's never going to break tackles and run for 30 yards at a time. But if they start peppering him with targets like they've been doing, he's going to be a top 10 tight end. He's going to be a top eight tight end. Jesse, are you worried about it at all, though, that he may get traded to a team that doesn't use the tight end? Like, no shot. He's not getting moved. Have you heard his comments? He wants to. He he said he wants to end his career in Philly. He's like, I love Philadelphia. Let's let He's only getting traded if he's rebuilt his value. And he's rebuilt his value if he's having a really good year. So you hope he gets traded if you have Zacharias because that means he's having a really good year for you. True. I do I do think Goddard is more likely to get traded, though. Unfortunately. No. That's what I think. He's never getting traded. I think it's more likely to get traded, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Now my last one. Mr. Deontay Johnson finishes as a top 10 wide receiver in PPR. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, he, he's a, he's a great, great receiver. He doesn't really need the, the big passes downfield like Claypool does or like other wide receivers do to, you know, have value. I think he'll get a lot of short pass, a lot of intermediate passes. You know, he's, he's a similar player to a guy like Darnell Mooney. He's not the same player, but he's similar, similar physique, similar type of style, similar type of route running, some, you know, similar type of game. I think he'll be, you know, a heavy target guy who was going to eat up targets. And that's going to be the biggest reason why he finishes top 10 because of that target share and the, all the receptions he's getting. I mean, look, 
I, I, I get their bold predictions and I'm, you know, I'm not supposed to rip them apart and I'm supposed to be like, Oh, they're fun. They only have like a 5% chance of happening. So like, of course, you know, it is what it is. I'm not taking Deontay Johnson, in any league, let alone expecting <sighs> him to be a top 10 receiver. This is a oh, terrible. Steelers offense. We just went over how bad, like you did this a second after I tell you how bad the Steelers offense is. Come on. This is a team. He doesn't, he, he doesn't need passes down. He just needs short passes. That's all he needs. He's Deontay Johnson. Yeah, go to Juju. He was Juju was a, was a solid receiver last year. He had 800 yards. They'll go to both. They'll go to both. Effective, and he caught 80 catches last year. So unless Juju was getting hurt or getting traded or, or decides to just quit football and take on a full time career as as a TikTok star, then he's he's not he's not uh he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He may do that though. He may do that. He loves he it. That, so that's that's the most likely scenario right there. But more likely than Deontay Johnson being a top 10 receiver is Juju quits the NFL to become a TikTok star full-time. That's <laughs> my need to add a new bold prediction by Jesse. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but Chase Claypool is going to – he's there too. Like, I, I, You're telling me Najee Harris is going to be so great, and then you're telling me Deontay Harris will be a top 10 receiver? This offense cannot sustain multiple top players, not to mention – Another guy I love, sleeper, Pat Fryermuth, fantastic tight end out of Penn State, who was very much overlooked in the draft process because of how excited people were about Kyle Pitts. Well, they have him and Eric Ebron there. So, I mean, you give talk about a team that if you gave them an actual quarterback could be fantastic. I mean, if 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 someone else was here, Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Juju, Eric Ebron, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris. I don't know if there's a more loaded just group of skill position players there is. But they don't have the most important guy, which is a quarterback. This is not to speak poorly on Ben Roethlisberger's career. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback and a fantastic talent. But he's old, and he doesn't have an arm anymore, and he can't run anymore, and he doesn't have an O-line who can protect him. And that's part of why he throws the ball so short, because the O-line doesn't give him any time. So he's dumping the ball off all the time. And there is where Deontay Johnson's value comes from. Those, 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 when he gets panicked and Deontay's he's like, hey, I'm over here. Those are five yards. And then Deontay Johnson cuts, you know, cuts through the field and does whatever he does in the open field. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Both predictions, guys. You know that. That's that's how it is. Name of the game. It sounds but, like uh, one of us really like Chase Claypool, though, because the line's going to suck. I like Claypool. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a fan. All right, guys. That That is the show. That's the show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to submit your mailbag questions because next week we are getting ready for footballs to start. So we want to be sure to answer all of your questions before the season starts. Thank you to Keith for joining us. We had a really good time with you. For those of you who enjoyed Keith, let us know so we can bring him back. And next week we are also going to be talking about dynasty stashes. So for those of you in dynasty leagues, be sure to tune in and listen in to figure out who you should be holding on to in your dynasty leagues for the long haul signing off for the fantasy central show. This is Jesse, Micah and Keith. See you guys. Thank you guys.